No, so anyway, um, while I was at the Wawa, we got lunch at the Wawa and Kelly was rocking. I don't know. I guess Kelly wanted to like do all the good vibes for the Eagles. So she was rocking an Eagles hoodie. We hit the Wawa. Dude walks up to Kelly while she's putting an order in for food and gives her a fist bump. It's like, hey, 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 we're going to win tonight. Today's our day. Says, we're going to win tonight. And Kelly's like, yeah, I hope so. And uh, he's like, <laughs> he just goes, he's like, look, I just need him to win today. One more than the Cowboys. That's, that's some NFC Priorities. love, baby. Priorities. NFC East love right there. Gosh, the Cowboys were so embarrassing. I hope you roasted the Cowboys yesterday. Um, I think sufficiently we did. Okay. We didn't spend a whole lot of time on it other than to scare Brownlow into thinking that the Panthers might hire Mike McCarthy. You did what now? All right. I, no, no, what? You know what? Let's let's start. Okay. Let's start. Because, dude, why would you do that to her? Well, hold on. Let's start. OG. 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 Golly. Let's podcast alongside Joe Gilio. I'm Joe Ovias inside the Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties. Thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. If I sound a little froggy today, that's because I got a chill in Annapolis during a Junior Canes tournament, and I have not been able to shake it, and I'm fighting it off, man. I'm fighting it off. You have big pre-pandemic. It's not really a cold. It's, it's not. allergies. It's allergies, dude. Right now. Temperature goes up. Temperature goes down. I'm in a hotel. It's snowing. I've been in perpetual like frigid temperatures the entire time. I I, I yelled that's, a lot. That's a cold. I yelled a lot. I yeah. didn't get tossed. Okay, good. So I got that going for me. Yeah, let's. I'm let's not going to talk about that. Ejected from youth sporting events. Um, it's. I've it's, only been ejected once from a youth sporting. It's event. really not a. Uh, it's really not a good look. Anyway, um, speaking of not a good look, you might actually be wasting money. When it comes to print management, so contact copiers-plus.com. Get your free print assessment today. Now, you, why would you do that to Lauren? Why would you bring up Mike McCarthy, who hasn't well, been fired yet as yeah. of this recording? It's 9.07 in the morning. He hasn't been fired yet. I haven't seen the ESPN alert if he's been fired. He's going to get, how do you not fire him after that? I think you probably have to. And okay. It's Jerry Jones, so you have to factor that. So why would you do that to Brownlow? I she didn't came. Think... She came in to pinch hit, and you did that. No, 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 not on purpose. It was more of like, hey, okay. there are seven openings. You have to be realistic about Ben Johnson. Like, yeah. you know, he probably has better options, particularly if the Lions end up winning another round. Which, you know, they get Tampa now. Yeah, like. At their place. Like, that's totally in play who, who, that we're going to see the Detroit Lions and my man Dan Campbell in the NFC Championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Props, like total props. Um, But no, I was like, I could see how this search is going to work out for the Panthers. Okay, hot young assistant, you know, has better options. Mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh, the big white whale. Man, I, I suspect he probably ends up staying in Michigan. Well, I saw... I, I, I want to say it was a report or something where Stephen Ross, who's the owner of the Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, yeah. who um, is a big Michigan man, yes, who is going to do everything in his. Is that tampering, by the way? Like the owner of the an owner of an NFL team is willing to give enough money to Michigan to keep Harbaugh there and out of the NFL. So I was just kind of thinking, like, what would Tepper do? Which is a dangerous exercise to put yourself in David Tepper's brain. But it's like, yeah, I, I hey. Can't you see the press conference? Can't you see the press release at least? Super Bowl winning coach. No. Look at this winning record. Dude, Look dude. at what he did in Dallas. He dude. had this amazing record at Dallas. Dude. 
number one seed in the playoffs four times. Yep. And you know, and what did they see do? It? What did they do? If you thought that nobody was showing up to Bank of America Stadium to watch a two-win football team with no offense whatsoever, which, by the way, shout out to the Panthers. Uh, I guess they were the they were the game that got the Packers to be like, wait, you scored how much on us? We can't let that happen again. I don't think the Panthers went on to score any more touchdowns after that. And the Green Bay Packers have kind of completely turned it around since that, what was it, Christmas Eve or whatever it was. Anyway, if you thought Bank of America Stadium was just dead this past season, it'll be worse. Dallas, he's 42 and 25, has won 63% of his games in Dallas. But the- and so he's won 12 games in three straight. No. I'm just saying you could no. see the release. Okay. Right. Yeah. You could also see him being talked into. Did a great job with Dak Prescott. He could be really good for Bryce Young. <sighs> like, I don't know who gives him advice. Did you bring up Cam Newton, by the way, when it comes to Dak Prescott? Of course. Cam Newton and Tua Tungabailoa. Good. Good. Oh, oh, yeah. Both. Oh, speaking, speaking of things. Speaking of things. I mean, this really could have been covered if you would have listened. I don't care. I don't care if you covered it in yesterday's podcast. I wasn't here yesterday. I want you to say it to me right now. Say it to me. I was wrong about Tariq Hill mm-hmm. and the trade. Yeah. And I will now shut up about the Tariq Hill. I love, trade. I love that you didn't shut up about the Tyreek Hill trade after the Kansas City Chiefs. What a Super yeah, Bowl without the, the Super Bowl. him. No, 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 no. The standard was apparently a frigid Saturday night in Kansas City where the Chiefs did what everybody knew they were going to do. Yeah, once that temperature was where it was. The Dolphins were not going to function. That is a finesse team. And as much as people, I know you're one of these people who says, the minute you drafted Patrick Mahomes, you should put a dome yeah. up. Same with Josh Allen. Yes. If you're Buffalo, you put a dome up. Well, no. They took him from Wyoming, so they at least knew. The answer to that every single time is no, because it is an advantage for you no. to play in those conditions. No, it's absolute not. advantage to play in those conditions where the finesse dolphins show up and freeze. Anyway, I just wanted to get that out of the way, too. Yeah, I was wrong. Cool. Thank you. Panthers, Falcons, Chargers, Titans, Washington, Las Vegas, Seattle. Those are the current job openings right now. We've got seven. Dallas, again, I have to imagine it's going to come open. Yeah. Philly is an interesting one. I was listening to New Heights. I did listen to podcasts, as I mentioned, and I was listening to New Heights on the drive down. <laughs> and two things, two things were interesting to me. One, Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey were sort of hinting at the fact that whenever the Eagles were done, it was going to be a wrap for Jason Kelsey and he was going to retire. And then watching the game last night, when they failed to convert not one, but two push two, pushes. Two pushes. That's when I went, oh, no, Kelsey's really done. Like, it's, it's a, wrap. a wrap, man. Like, you're, the one signature play that you've had all season that everybody thought it broke the NFL and it got stopped twice, it is a wrap. But the curiosity that I have and this ties into listening to the Kelsey brothers talk about the Philly Giants game where the Eagles were completely listless to end the regular season. And, and Jason was kind of talking about, like, look, not our, you know, not up to our standard. We're dealing with a lot of weirdness, you know, more injuries. Did you see Jalen hurts his finger and things like that? But it goes beyond the injuries, man. That team can't do anything right. That team looks like it's just tuned out whatever Nick Sirianni's business is. And it'd be, it's not out of the realm of possibility, Joe that Nick Sirianni takes the Eagles to the Super Bowl 
and then is fired the following season for the collapse they had after they started the year 10 and one. And not that I know Philly, but I do engage with enough Philly sports talk. Thanks to the other Joe Giglio, who we might have to hit up at some point. And dude, yeah, I was mentioning Kelly's family earlier. Facebook, it went from, ha, 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 Dallas, we're all pointing and laughing at you, too. Get that bum, Nick Sirianni, out of here. Philly will not stand for that. So I wouldn't be surprised if that job comes open. And then the more intriguing one, Joe, the more intriguing one from last night, Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, I'm like, what could be more intriguing than this one? Is, <laughs> I, I, honestly, this is the most, Dallas, yeah, that's a no-brainer. Philly, I can see it. But what do you do with Mike Tomlin? Our friend Brooke Pryor, who um, I texted with her this morning, and she's on the drive back from Buffalo, so she cannot join us. Uh, she might join us later in the week. Brooke Pryor of ESPN asked Mike Tomlin after the game. She prefaced her question with, you're entering the final year of your contract. Mike Tomlin made a face and then just walked out. Did not say anything. Made a face, walked out. That was the end of the press conference. Not very Mike Tomlin but also kind of telling as to where things are right now with the Steelers and Tomlin, who have not won a playoff game since 2016. They have to get the quarterback position right. I remember we started this season with a conversation with Brooke. And when I told her that Kenny Pickett was a replacement level quarterback, you would have thought that I had insulted the entire North Carolina family basketball yeah. from Dean Smith to Roy Williams to all of her relatives. Like she looked at me like, how dare you? Sir, that's the truth of the matter. They got to get that position right because their defense is really good. Mm -hmm. um, and their skilled players, you know, Pickens, Warren, um, Harris, I mean, they got some guys there. Uh, the offensive line is a little bit of an adventure, but it all starts at quarterback. Yeah. Oh, also, by the way, like if you're Mike Tomlin, how many years did you go basically wasting on Matt Canada? Like, right. Like at what point did you think, well, here's the answer. Mm -hmm. Ha ha. Yeah, this will get us to the promised land. Like, you know, you you like to you you invoke the Steelers all the time. Yeah, in terms of like the standard being the standard. That's okay. his line. Well, what is <laughs> what is the standard in Pittsburgh right now? It, it it should not be if the standard is the standard. It should not be like, hey, did you know they've never had a losing season under Mike Tomlin? They've scratched well, impressive, and, but impressive, and they've scratched and clawed their way to the playoffs. Cool, they put themselves into position to take advantage of other teams dropping down. I get all that stuff. But sometimes you do need to refresh you, you, for, for, for both parties involved. And it's commendable. It's awesome. I mean, I would want Mike Tomlin to head coach, be the head coach of the Panthers without a doubt, without a doubt, because that would instill an identity that the Panthers absolutely lack, absolutely lack. But I'm not quite sure that the way this is all playing out, Mike Tomlin is there next year. The curiosity is, is he still coaching or does he reset himself completely and go into television for a little bit. It's interesting. Bill Cowher went through a very similar phase as the Steelers coach. Yeah. And he had some years where he was bumping up against it. And you're like, this is never going to happen for Bill Cowher. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, they got the quarterback position right. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not to say that Ben Roethlisberger was the primary reason that they won uh, Bill Cowher's Super Bowl. But truth of the matter is, he went through a very similar phase. And this only really happens with the Steelers. Because they're the only ones who don't make coaching changes at the drop of a hat. Yeah. And one of the greatest tricks Cower ever pulled was resetting his career while staying in the same place and getting that messaging clearer and, and the identity of Pittsburgh. And as we saw with Roethlisberger earlier, you know, this month, it was, oh, well, 
the Steelers that there's no such thing as like Steeler pride anymore. And there's nobody over there yelling at anybody. Yeah. You know, this whole thing. And it's not the organization that I knew. And, you know, it's like, okay, Ben, let's just yeah, I mean, ben, take a few deep breaths for me a little bit. But it's one of the great things that Cower ever pulled. It, in a normal world, you would sit here and go, you know, the owner of a team that has a coaching vacancy used to work and be a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. Maybe he could talk Mike Tomlin into coming into a, having a fresh start. Hey man, at a new franchise. Look, giving him a clean slate. What the only thing the Panthers have, I guess the Panthers have two things going for it right now. An owner with a lot of money. And then the second part is a hope. Every owner has a lot of money. Yeah, but Tepper, <laughs> I think we can recognize that Tepper's on a different level in terms of the amount of money. Different that level have. from me and you, but even different level from owners in the NFL. I mean, like like the Chargers, right? Yeah. Like, would you want, like you brought up Harbaugh. Would you, if you're Harbaugh and you've got Justin Herbert, do you actually want to work with that organization that is notoriously cheap? I would not. No. Okay. So the point is that David Tepper, you would recognize that David Tepper is willing to spend a shitload of money on his product, right? That's the best thing they got going for him. You know, he'll pay hell. He'll overpay for a coach. He's going to have to overpay for a coach. If he's going to get any semblance of a coach, that's not a retread like Mike McCarthy for heaven's sake. Why would you do that? Bravo? Watch, watch it. Oh. Watch it. Be McCarthy. Oh. Just watch. Oh. Um, the second best thing you have going for the Panthers is a hope that David Tepper, that David Tepper, who's been listed as this guy who's impatient, but rightfully, that's the, that's the great like irony of the David Tepper knock. He's impatient. Well, you would, you would move on from Matt rule. Wouldn't you, you would move on from, from Frank Reich after that. Right. If the whole point was to save Bryce young, well then yeah, man, you're moving on from Frank Reich. So the idea being like, if I got the right guy, then I would be patient. And to your point about Mike Tomlin and his time with the Steelers and stuff like that, then then again, maybe Mike Tomlin goes, oh, that chucklehead? Nah, man, I work for that guy. It's like, I remember that guy at meetings. I'm minority owner. I don't want that guy. I mean, that, that's possible. Look too. at look at the, the second, the third best thing, actually, that the Panthers have is look at Tampa Bay last night. Yeah. They literally took the Panthers' retread quarterback, yeah. won the division, and then just won a home playoff game. Yeah, that's like, true. I think the mistake people make, and, and you get to these low points when you're a Panthers fan or, or a Giants or a Jets fan, the mistake that you make is you think, oh, man, we've got to be breathing fire every week. We've got to have A-chain and three kill mm -hmm. and, and Kelsey and, you know, Mahomes. And this is, you know, never forget Matt Rule telling David Tepper that he was going to draft the next Mahomes right. as if they just grow on a tree. Uh, there's different ways to win football games. Tampa Bay Buccaneers now are in are in the final eight here with what a nine and eight season. So the, the opportunity is there. The Texans, you know, they did make the right choices. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to yesterday's program I'll do that today. to understand how the Texans made this thing work pretty quickly and how the Panthers can do the same thing. One other one other intriguing coaching thing in the NFL. If you're Bill Belichick, who the Atlanta Falcons want Bill Belichick. Cool. But if Dallas comes open. It's it's kind of like the it's kind of like a Tom Brady effect, right? Tom Brady went to Tampa because that team was a quarterback away from being a contender, and they went and they did it. They won a championship, right? If you're Belichick and you're looking to not only surpass Don Shula in the wins mark, but maybe I don't know, get to another Super Bowl without Tom Brady to say that, like, hey man, it's not just Tom Brady. Would Dallas not be more intriguing? 
I think there's a lot of levels to Dallas, and number one would be the defensive talent that they have. Right. That would be number one. Yeah. Now, what, does he need to win another one a la Brady to show? See, I don't think so. I don't think he needs to. I don't think he needs to. But I think his primary motivation is getting the, the 16 more wins that he needs to set the NFL record. But if you get to another Super Bowl or uh, like an NFC champion, if you take that, because I mean, look, man, what the whole reason why we get the cycle of, you know, like you brought up that meme, yeah. you know, the Dallas cycle, right? Like, oh, here we are with the heartbreak and things like that. If you're able to do with Dallas something that hasn't been done since 1994, yeah, then I think that elevates you a little bit. It's kind of like how I joke about LeBron James and Cleveland titles. <laughs> like there's a bit of a foreign exchange on that one. It's definitely worth it too. So I do think that Minimum. Just, just merely getting to a championship game, an NFC championship game, if you're the Dallas Cowboys with Bill Belichick, might uh, might mix things up. So anyway, a lot of a lot of moving parts right now in the NFL, and uh, this off season is going to be absolutely fascinating because it went from oh it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of changes to a whole hell of a lot of changes in the NFL. Housekeeping. So Joe and I have been talking about this, and I believe. And the, the, there's this idea, and you're convinced that people want to give us money. Yeah, I mean, there's enough people who ask us, "Hey, I mean, I I can't go full uh, Oakwood Pizza Box and and Mosquito Authority, but I would like to help you." So, like, if it's five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, whatever, a one-time donation. I actually had an email the other day from a listener who said, "Look, really need enjoy a new Roadcaster." <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Actually, we do. <laughs> I mean, no, for the road. I mean, the one that we have here is fine. We right. just need a, a backpack version. Anyway, we had an email and the listener was very like, hey, man, like really enjoy what you guys do. I want to support it. How do I support it? Is there a way to donate? There is. Actually, we've had this feature with our podcast platform, Red Circle, since we started back in May. We and, make people work a little too hard to find it. Uh, not really. You and I disagree on that. That's fine. Yeah, we disagree because uh, you and technology are not friends. I think I'm representative of most people then. Perhaps. So I'm going to make it dead simple for people. Okay. And I'm actually got the banner. If you're watching on YouTube, you actually see it down there. If you're not a YouTube, YouTube, if you're not a YouTube watcher, pro tip, when you go to Apple, when you go to Spotify, when you go to Overcast, at the bottom of the podcast description, Red Circle automatically puts a link to support the podcast. And it takes you to a landing page that says, hey, sponsor the podcast. There's a lot of steps there. It's literally two clicks, jabroni. It's a lot of steps. Whatever. Jeez, man. It's two literal clicks. I just want, boom, in front of me. That's not how it works. Because we can, we can make it work. That no, because then you got to put in your credit card information. I mean, like, is that? Come on, man. You crack me up sometimes. So redcircle.com slash ovias dash Jillio slash donations. So many steps. No, it's not. You're actually pissing me off now. You're really pissing me off. So just go to the bottom of the podcast description. You'll see the link where if you're watching on YouTube, you can literally see the URL. The YouTubes. On the YouTube, you can literally see the URL. Or I'll even put it in the YouTube description as well. Ooh, I like that. And you just click on that link. Make it work. Sponsor the podcast. And then you have options. You can make a recurring payment. You can do a one-time donation. You can help... Fund the entire trip to Washington, D.C. for the ACC tournament if you want to. I would like that. I know that would be nice, right? So, again, go do that. Also, head on over to Breaking Tea. You want to support the podcast? Buy t-shirts from Breaking Tea, rep our stuff. Head on over to breakingtea.com slash OG. Is that simple enough for you? 
That one, yeah, breaking tea. Breaking tea.com slash OG. Is that simple enough? Yes. But then you have to pick your shirt. It doesn't just give you a shirt. You have to right. pick a shirt and a size. But is that also, too many steps? You're motivated to do the shirt, though. Not everyone's motivated to give us money. But you tell me all the time that people are motivated to give us money. You just have to make it easier. And if them. they're that motivated, then they'll go through the two literal clicks it takes to go give us money. So anyway, go to breakingtea.com slash OG. Go buy a t-shirt. And speaking of steps, Mr. I love complicated things. There's a Tecmo Super Bowl tournament as well. Ready for that. You Sunday, February 4th. Yes. Come, come hang out with us at Shady's. Yeah, it'll be a good time over Down at Shady's. Garner. Also, uh, our sponsors. You want to help us out? Go visit them. Mentioned, uh, I mentioned Breeze Through earlier. Head on over to Breeze Through all over the place. Go to all over the triangle, all, of, all across North Carolina. Go to uh, Breeze Through across from PNC Arena when you're getting ready to go to, to Hurricanes games, et cetera. We thank them, and I'm sure we'll be doing some more stuff from Breeze Through coming up soon. We might have an anniversary party at Breeze Through. Let's do it. I'm very excited about that. That requires planning, not not our strength. No, we scramble. We definitely scramble uh, in that regard. And then, of course, big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer. As we mentioned with that uh, that Tech Mobile tournament, uh, our friends over at Whitaker and Hamer are going to help us out with that. And we're going to be over at Shady's and Garner. You might need help with some legal stuff. Head on over to wh.lawyer. Again, that's wh.lawyer. Now, that's a simple website. Simplicity, effective, very simple. easy to remember, very all, all good things. Very, very simple when it comes to that. So again, head on over to uh, wh.lawyer. Again, that's wh.lawyer. So yesterday, we went, on, we went over to um, where Wake Forest was camped ahead of their matchup tonight against NC State. Yes. And we caught up with Steve Forbes. Um, Steve Forbes is the head coach at Wake Forest and you brought, you brought some goodies for him. I did. I was just trying to change the mojo. Yeah. I don't think he was ready for the goose Island. No, I don't think so either. Barrel. I don't think so either. I mean, but (laughs) (laughs) so this is a, this is a, this is a, this is a conversation we had in a ballroom of the hotel that they were staying at. And we cover a lot of ground from this current Wake Forest team to just the ACC yeah. and net and getting teams in the NCAA tournament. And and honestly, how we kind of started, the most interesting part about college basketball these days is identifying players, bringing them in, and then getting them to work yeah, when you, you might not know when they work. You accidentally triggered something. So I did. Interesting. I did. It was a I'm Char- usually the one who does that. It was a Charlotte Observer story <laughs> that uh, Steve Forbes wasn't really keen on. We have to get you a, new, a unique gift because every gift we've brought in somebody... I mean, including us, they've gotten fired or they lost. Wow. So you're the only one. <laughs> so congrats. You were the you're, only, the sur- you're the survivor. You survived Obvious Chilio Island last year. Wow. Oh. <laughs> so maybe Keats is behind all this. <laughs> <laughs> Keats is the only one to have gifted us, us. something. Oh, yeah. Well, you're still here. Yeah. Exactly. Well, well kind of, <laughs> sort of. Debatable. Then, I mean, we're, you're right. We are still here. Right. Just a, and that was also brown liquor, so I felt like it had to be something, it had to be a unique gift. Yeah. Yes. So I remember one recruiting trip over here a couple of years ago. I, went, I came over here, I won't tell you who I came to see, but the kid didn't show up. Nice. And so, um, or they didn't have practice, maybe that's what it was. I'm driving out of town and Kevin calls me. You got to understand, Kevin and I have been friends a long time. And he's checking on me. I'm like, oh, hey, you did not. 
Like, he hadn't talked to me like in a month, right? And he's checking on me. As I'm driving out of town, man, I said, you canceled that practice, didn't you? He goes, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, man, you got you got Rowdy on lockdown. I'm going to leave. But that's, that's the game now, right? Like, you've got your two Gonzaga guys. Yeah. And, you know, you... It's like uh, you see them practice. Things enter the portal. You, you know, they. Oh yeah, I remember you came and saw me. Maybe we had a conversation. Make it work. That's that's just kind of how yeah, it is. That, that it's is, double recruiting. Here's the problem. That, that that is the worst written article ever. Okay, I, I took a little flack. I think from somebody locally asked me about this article. You're talking about the one that was recently on the show. Yeah, I never server. saw those guys. I'm, I've never even met Hunter until after he went in the portal. That. When he got in, yeah, it was last year. Yeah. Last year after he went in the portal. I mean, I... You realize that covers a lot of ground. Yeah, I I get it. You can't say it's the worst article written. (laughs) That's not worse. I've written I should have said it was just not well written as far as... I think he knew... I don't know what he was getting at because usually, like, that was taken from... One of those media day, you know, conference call deals to ask questions. Oh, and, sure. And, and whatever. I mean, it was a good article as far as the intent of it, but uh, and I didn't read it that way because I didn't read it. And then I got a call that night after it came out. Hey, uh, did you go see Hunter before he went to process? What? No, no, I would never do that. I mean, uh, first of all, I'm not just going to randomly get in the car and go to, or fly to Spokane, Washington, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, I called Hunter. I called Hunter um, when I first got the job in COVID, and it lasted about three seconds. I don't I think he probably said he wasn't interested. You know, and I knew his high school coach really well, but um, and his barber, his barber played for me in Omaha. Um, but it, that was way past the time he went to the portal, like March thirty first. And that's uh, some good recruiting right there. Yeah, well, I like that. David Knight. The barber. The barber. It's interesting. I was I in, like that. When I flew to Spokane in April, um, I don't know how it came up. I just knew one of my former players has a like, big-time barber shop in, in Omaha. And so I just said randomly, hey, you don't get your hair cut by David Knight, do you? How did you know? <laughs> I said, well, I didn't, but he used to play for me. <laughs> you know, and that was like 30 years ago. You know, and it's funny how you. See, I, I try to tell him this is how the business has to work. Our business. Yes. We yeah. got to find a barber from, from 15 well, years ago. And then, who and loves can, the show. And they can sponsor it us. It'll be one of, our, one of our pillars. You know? This is how naive I am. Like, I was really young. I was, like, head coach at 25 or something. And he was a Division One player. And it was October. And he comes in my office and says, I'm going to quit school and go home and be a barber. And I'm like, what? I had no idea how lucrative a job that could be. Oh, yeah, man. I just didn't. I grew up in a small town, you know, in Iowa. It's like... Um, and good for him. He's he's done a. I mean, he doesn't even take on new clients anymore. He's he's really good. Well, the reason why the reason why I brought CBS, it up. CBS though will be telling this story when you're in the tournament this yeah, year yeah. and you win your first round game. They're okay. going to say, "How did they get Hunter Salas from Gonzaga?" And we can point them on the YouTube's to this conversation. It was the barber. The barber. The barber, the barber did it. <laughs> the reason why I brought it up. Yeah. Is because we're we're seeing this once again where I've seen this in mm-hmm. how people talk about players like Harrison Ingram at, at, at yeah, UNC really or, or your guys in that they look at the stats of where they were mm-hmm. and then they look at the stats that are producing now and they're like, man, who would have thought X, right? Like Harrison Ingram like with, with rebounding. Like right. he only – I think he was only averaging like six rebounds right. uh, at Stanford well, and now he's, he's cleaning up. Alondis Williams is the one who broke everything. So how – 
how do how do we process this? Yeah. Because you see these players, or you 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 watch tape of these players, That's it. and you see something that might not be working on that particular team, but you feel it's going to work with you. How does that work? Well, I think you know you have to know it first what you need, and then what you're looking for. And with Hunter, his skill and his athleticism jumped off the page to me pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Also knowing that he was very well coached in high school and in Gonzaga, so he knew how to play. Uh, he practiced, He had to practice against really good players every day. When I saw the few shots that he took, um, his rotation and his shot preparation all looked good to me. You know, it was just a matter of role. And a, a perfect example of that would have been the first day in June when we kicked it to the wing. He caught it, he shot, faked it, and threw it in the post. I said, stop. I said, that's not Drew Timmy down there, okay? <laughs> All right. Drive the ball. You know what I mean? Or, you know, play off your dribble or whatever I said. But, you know, again, I think it's then it's opportunity mm-hmm. and then it's confidence. And nobody's any good in any sports if you don't have confidence. And I just think he, for whatever reason, he had lost his confidence. He didn't unbecome a McDonald's All-American, okay? He was what he was when he came out of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, I mean, Gonzaga doesn't recruit bad players. Uh, he, Carolina offered him Kansas. I mean, he could have whatever he wanted. Um, and, and then doing your homework for, like, finding out what a really genuinely nice kid, a young man that he is, that's all kind of plays together, you know? And so... To me, it was a, a no-brainer, um, you know. And no, you know, I, I didn't. I'm not gonna tell you. That I thought he was gonna average 18 points a game. I, I no. Mm-hmm. I, I think he'd average double figures though. Okay. Just by the way we play, you know. And, and the Landis, you know, he started it, and then Ty, you know, Ty had some predictor in there though. You know, he he'd average 10 a game at Florida, you know, in the SEC. So, um, I'm I'm. You know, I think uh, we've got some other guys on, like Cameron Hildreth. I mean, he's been in the program for three years, and he's gotten better and better and better every year, too. So it's not always just the transfers. Boopy Miller, you can see it, um, but he only played four games mm-hmm. and broke his ankle. Um, but he had, like, 28 at Minnesota, you know, so you could see it. He looked a lot like Ty when he was young. Um and so, you know, I had a good feel, but it took, you know, it takes him some, it took Boopy a little bit longer just early because he'd coming from a little bit lower level, you know, like the speed and athleticism at the rim kind of bothered him early. But man, he's, he's probably improved the most of any player on the team from maybe October when we scrimmaged Georgetown to now. I mean, he's really playing at a high level. And, um, you know, he, you could see it in his film. Um, you know, Andrew Carr. He scored 11, 14 points, I think, against Villanova in the NCAA tournament when he was at Delaware, and that was the film that I watched. I, I concentrated on that because it was a high major game. You know, it's not a perfect science, yeah, by no means. You know, well, it's also not a perfect science in the sense you don't you don't know when you're going to have him on the roster. I mean, that's what happened with Reed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because um, I mean, Kevin's in the same boat. You know, he got a couple guys that were able to be added late. Yeah, we um, talked about Kevin. and I talked a lot about that through you know through the. Did process. the governor help you? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. So. Um, I've already given him a hard time about this. Yeah. You, you're going to rep for one school in the state. you got to rep for them all. Yeah, I'm, gonna be, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. I'm just telling you. I stood up for you. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, listen, 
I knew that that waiver thing. I knew that the the one time transfer thing had changed in 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 February or January. We've got we got a handout or a <laughs> memorandum from the NCA saying if you wanted to be a two time transfer, then these were the rules. Like these were the waiver deals, and I I knew then. I'm like, well. They've opened themselves back up, right? If right. you don't want anybody to transfer two times, then just say nobody can transfer two times, period. Good luck. You know, but we always add something to it. Well, I didn't recruit after uh, His high school coach called me after I was recruiting Hunter. So, like, when I went to Spokane legally to see uh, <laughs> to see Hunter, um, uh, I didn't go see Afton. I wasn't even recruiting him at that point. And then his high school coach, because I, I had played against Efton when he was at LSU, mm-hmm. he whooped us <laughs> like my second year down to the Emerald Coast Classic. But I knew he was a two-time transfer. So I was kind of – I was staying away from that. And um, his high school coach called me. I didn't know Efton either. I called like I called Hunter. I called Efton right when I got the job. You interested? No. Okay, bye. Um, so thank you. You don't waste my time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Anyway, no, outstanding student outstanding person and then you know had a situation that was fit the waiver okay mm-hmm. so I knew this all before he came on his visit mm-hmm. or I wouldn't have probably done it you know and, and and so we started that process on his visit and um, in, in April and then he committed and came in June and we just went through the process now it took a lot longer than any of us wanted it to take but then ultimately you know they made the right decision um and then after the fact, what, a week later, then everybody was eligible, you know. But he was actually, he actually, his was individually, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he got his waiver. So, yeah, our team changed a lot when, you know, when he uh, when he got that, when he got eligible. Now, how do you mix that in? You know, you, you can practice, but once it's game time, how right. do you mix that in? It's a good question. I mean, but you just answered it, I think. Um the only time he didn't play was the game. Okay. And and here's the thing. Like, somebody was asking me, like, what? How are you going to – how the players going to blend in? Well, I mean, he won the position hands down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the best player, you know, in practice of that position. And so they wanted him to play, you know. And, yeah, it, it got a little less as we got – when we got to November and we started playing games – his reps did go down. Mm-hmm. He didn't have as many, and he was actually a great scout team center. <laughs> um, but he was always—I always had him in there, okay. you know. And but I wasn't sure, mm-hmm. right? And I kind of in my mind, just so I didn't want to. It's already hard enough to do all this. I didn't fixate on it. And I kind of moved on down the road. Like I'd kind of come to terms with the fact that he probably wasn't going to play, right? I wasn't—I didn't know how that would go. And so I was obviously really pleased when um, the night before we played Rutgers, uh, they said he could play. We're talking to you on a travel day. Mm-hmm. We're also talking to you when you're four and one in the league. We're mm-hmm. talking to you when you got a win over a Florida team in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. In another universe, you probably feel good about yourself. But I get the sense, and I get that you're in basketball mode, you're in your season mode, and coaches get this way. But I get the sense that you're sitting there thinking, I just want to get to Selection Sunday. I just want to get there. I'm not going to be dumping any Gatorade. I'm not going to be celebrating anything because of the last two years and the way that they've gone. Even though you, you liked the team two years ago, obviously, and was probably you probably were wronged. Uh, last year's group runs out of some steam with yeah. Monsanto injury. I mean, 
Are, am I am I on the right track here with your, yeah. your state of mind? No question. You know, and I feel jilted from the NIT last year. Right. I mean, I don't. You're the one. I don't need to know. <laughs> I don't even understand how we could win 11 ACC games last year. Uh, and, you know, Mike Young called me the night after they select last year when they selected the teams and asked me if we turned it down. Yeah. And I said, what are you talking about? No. Yeah. You know, he's like, how did you not get in? I said, I have no idea. Never got a call. You know, and so, yeah, right. And so, um, <clears throat> I just um, – yeah, it, we're just playing them one at a time, and and, and hopefully we get enough to get there. And when we if that when that day comes, we'll be excited. And and the whole key to me is going in the tournament and winning games, right? You know, and I and I th- I felt like my second year we were built to do that, and I feel like this team can do that as well, you know. And so um, I'm not, you know, it's what is it January fifteenth? I mean, yeah, I mean. There's, uh, you know, bracketology every day. I don't look at it, you know. And, um, you know, the net, I don't pay much attention to it, you know. Um, <laughs> well, that will drive you crazy. Kid is, yeah, it's going to drive you nuts. Yeah, I got something to show you guys later. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just uh, – yeah, But it's not it, – when you have a different group, and, and Carr's been here and Hildreth's yeah. been here, is it harder – to have them be in that mindset, or do you are already preaching to them? This is what our mindset needs to I be. I preach it to them, yeah. you know, but we have really good leadership because yeah. of Efton and Carr and Hildreth, okay? And, you know, one of the good things, too, about having Efton and, and, and uh, Andrew and, and Hunter, they've been in the tournament, yeah. you know, and they uh, they know that path. They know that it's a <laughs> it's a grind all the way to the end, and, and things can flip on a dime, you know? And you really can't predict it, you know. And, and so it's just like, yeah, it's not do or die, but mm-hmm. yet kind of it is, you know. Like, you know, and, and like tomorrow night's a great opportunity. But, you know, Kevin, they're in the same boat that I probably was when I came over here last year. You know, I'm coming over here, or maybe when they came to me. Um, we were like 75, 74, mm-hmm. and then we dropped to 78. So now it's not quad one, it's quad two. You know what I mean? That, that stuff will drive you insane. You know, and I go back to when my second year on Selection Sunday, we beat the national runner-up on our home court by 20 and, and got a quad two win out of that. You know, we went to Virginia and, and won and got a quad two out of it because they were 76 and not 75, and Carolina was 31 and not 30. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> Come on, man. You know. Well, you haven't been given credit for – beating teams that are good teams that either didn't make the tournament or you beat them in the wrong location. Yeah, yeah. it happens. Yeah. You know, I'm not the only one, but it's, um, you know, um, if you would have told me when I took the job, you know, during COVID, that, oh, by the way, you're going to win, uh, you know, 13 league games your second year and not go to the tournament. You're going to win 11 the next year, counting the tournament, mm-hmm. and not go to the NIT. I, I'm not sure I've done it. You know, I mean, it's like. Well, I mean, uh, they went nine and nine in 2017 yeah. and went to the NCAA tournament. Well, we count on you for league views now mm-hmm. that we've lost all of our people. And it, I, I look around at the league, and you know, I know people have a Louisville problem. Louisville's a thousand times better than they were last year. Yeah, I just watched them. Yeah, They're and pretty good. And Notre Dame, I know whatever you think of Notre Dame, you go up there, shoot, pretty good at home. I don't know what they're going to look like on the road, but they're pretty good at home. Yeah, I have to go there, too. I don't, yeah. get, I don't get them at home. <laughs> right. So, so, 
But the way I look at it, it does feel like the league, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Miami, oh. Clemson, Leagues. U State. I think Carolina's probably separated themselves a Ooh, little bit. Looks that way. Um, but I actually think the league is pretty good back to a point where you could say, well, they won 11 games. They won but the numbers, games. the numbers don't spit that out. Right, because the numbers are inflated from non-conference. Yeah. And, and, and I, that's my theory that I won't share with you on the air. But <laughs> there's, a, there's a certain league that has totally tricked the numbers. Yes. And then they have inflated um, net when the league starts. And then they talk about, well, you know, we got the hardest, the hardest schedule from here on out because of our league play. Well, it's only because you have inflated nets. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so um, based on terrible scheduling, mm-hmm. and so it's like, you know, what's the path forward for us? And this is something that I think that I want to speak to our coaches about, and maybe Bubba, you know, because he's on the Bubba Cunningham's mm-hmm. on the committee about maybe maybe this isn't what everybody's saying that it is, right? Because you know, I was told we went ten and one, and I leave my second year, we didn't beat anybody. Well. We beat Northwestern, we beat Oregon State, you know, but we went 10 and 1, you know. But then you look at some of these resumes now in the non conferences from these other leagues, and they're horrific. And, and they're up there in the top 20 in that, mm-hmm. you know. But is that the only tool that they use? You know, they say, I think it just depends on what year it is, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. You know, and so that's why I don't think it's healthy for uh, players and coaches to worry about it. To get wrapped up. I think it's just about winning, right? You know, and then this year I kind of said we need to win the right games. You know, you know what those are. But you can't lose them. You know, it, it, you lose the wrong ones too and it really hurts you. So it's, <laughs> it's like just play. It's a compromise of our both of our theories. Yeah, I, I always argue with Joe. It's There are certain games you just can't lose. I agree. And... Hey, that's just, it's going to knock you into that sorting metric and the committee's going to look, look at you and they're going to use it against you. We lost to Boston College mm-hmm. to open up the ACC tournament the second year. Got us. Yeah. You know, that wasn't the only thing. And, 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 and but, I, but I, it didn't help. But it, it kicks you into that. Sure pool. does. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you what was really shocking to me in that coaches meeting in, in that spring was when Dan Gavin said that told Mike Bray and told our whole group they were the last team in at 15 and 5 in the league. I mean, what does that tell you? Oh, oh. Like, we weren't even in the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> they were the last No, he said it. You yeah. can ask any of the coaches. He yeah. said it because everybody was like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, like, you, you 15 and 5? I think they finished second or third in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, okay, so then what are they looking at? Oh, you didn't have enough quiet one wins or you didn't have enough non-conference. I don't know. I mean, it, it's all over the map. You know, and so it's like, I just, this year I haven't, you know, besides having a conversation with you guys, I just really haven't even thought about it. You know, it's just like. Well, your non-conference schedule was different this, this year. I thought. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. You know, but then we started out at 134. You know what I mean? Sure. We've come a long way from where we were at. Sure. You know, yeah, we started out with at Georgia, you know, and then we played Utah. Um, and then, you know, here's the problem with an MTE. If you lose that first game, then you get kicked into, you know, we played Towson, which is not a bad team, but they're in quad three game. And then you catch LSU the following day. Whereas if you win, then you play Houston. And then you play the winner-losers of St. John's Dayton, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, you know, that could have gone better for us. But, I mean, we had nine guys at that point. Right. Matt Marsh didn't play. Mario hasn't played. And Epton was an eligible. And that's what the committee – in my opinion, that's what the committee actually has to focus on more so than a raw number of net. It's It kind of gets back to the start of our conversation. 
and I've been preaching this for the last couple of years and I've asked you this, I've asked Keats this, I've asked Shire this. Like, how do you judge a squad in November? Yeah. How do you judge a squad in November? You can't. Or why are, why are, you, why are you judging, judging a squad based on what they did? about it? Yeah. You know, because teams get better or get worse. Yeah. You know, and um, that's why I'm always, I, I, pers- I personally have a problem with teams getting in the tournament with an under 500 conference record. I just do. I mean, you're playing against the same team, teams with the same philosophy, the same budgets, the same recruiting, you know, but, you know, we're all kind of the same. Do you have the same budget now? Because Mitch Shaw just gave you a bunch of money, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. He's a good one. Your guy came through. He came did. through with the money. It's not $5 million in the NIL, I can tell you that. That's another Josh Graham. You know, like, oh, Steve Forbes is going to be a bad uh, – he's going to be uh, crazy in the portal. No, I'm not. Um, we still have academics. Uh <laughs> You know, it's uh, poor Josh catching yeah, strays. Josh is the best. He's I, did, here to I interviewed. I, I did my interview with him today. Um, <laughs> I, I, I give him weekly, weekly love. Um, he needs to take down his Christmas tree, though. Um, Wait, it's still up? Yeah, it was on video. Um, Man. Anyway, it's it's just. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mitt's awesome, you know, and, and he loves basketball and he loves Wake Forest, and you know, he's the owner, one of the owners of the Atlanta Hawks, so he. He gets it, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and uh, that makes yeah, it makes your job a lot easier. It's a good guy to have in your corner. Yeah, yeah. All right, you're gonna break the. Yeah, we got, okay, we're gonna stop this recording. You're gonna break out some stats for us, so we appreciate that. Big thanks to Steve Forbes for hanging out with us. We are not gonna get into that sheet of paper that he handed us right now, but it might come in handy. <laughs> might come in handy, Joe. <laughs> you, you love how perspective I am, by yeah, the way. Yeah. I mean, he's, I, I know all coaches when they get into season mode, mm-hmm. it's different, mm-hmm. totally different. Mm-hmm. And I always tell Elliot David when I see him in the off season, like we can have normal conversations and be productive. And then once he's in coaching mode, and Forget season, it. it's it's like a different yeah deal, but you can tell he knows he has, Steve knows he has a good team. Mm-hmm. He knows he does. Mm-hmm. And you might have been guessing, you know, the two years ago when they're running hot through the ACC and you're like, you know, like he said, they they hammered Carolina to the point where Hubert Davis was like, they're better than us. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? They have better players than we do. Mm-hmm. So obviously you have some frustration from that. And then last year, the injuries and the way that they close the season, that's tough too. But you could tell like he doesn't want to hear it either. <laughs> he knows what he has. He's not dumb. Yeah, he's not an idiot. But you, you, he's trying to get to that to that finish line. That you want some relief because you need that validation. It can't just be, you know, he, Steve, to his credit, knows how to play the game. He knows how to, I mean, that's his personality. Mm-hmm. He understands how, you know, to, to ingratiate himself and get some positive press for, for his program. But ultimately, you, you know, you're doing this, not and as he said, not just to get into the tournament, but to do some damage when you get there. Now, if you're a Wake Forest fan and you're hyped up after that conversation with Steve Forbes, you know what you can do? Head on over to homefieldapparel.com. Use mm-hmm. the promo code OG23 to save 15% on your order and you can get some cool Demon Deacon's gear at homefieldapparel.com. You really can. By the way, we had another emailer, another listener who emailed saying, hey, I'm another Michigan guy who ordered from Homefield. Just like, He's like, I don't want anything. I just, just want, want you to let know. you know that I use your promo code well, to buy Michigan gear. You have Michigan, Michiganders in your life. It's 
it's instructive to me, someone who's been in this market for as long as I have, that like I am used to seeing Ohio State yeah, fans man. here. There are yeah. a lot of Ohio State fans. There here, are. Right. There are. Penn State, Notre Dame, Ohio State are the three that I most associate. Alabama. You can never tell, no, but like I'm with our you. friend Demi- Dimitri, Dude, like it's like, okay. I'm with you with the Ohio State thing. But There's Ohio so many State, people who've moved here from Ohio, it's crazy. If you were to take an actual survey of the number of fans in the triangle yeah. who identify as college football fans, I would suggest that Ohio State is either number two or number three. You could see that. Behind NC State. Maybe we do Buckeye Corner uh, as a new podcast <laughs> here. On the OG well, Triangle they're Media gonna, LLC. They're need some therapy. <laughs> Buckeye therapy. <laughs> let's corner the market the, on that. Let's the beauty take, of it. Let's take ownership of that. Uh, so again, homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23. If you're moving Wait here, a second. Why do I always go on tangents during the home field ad? Hey, why do how do I always get there? It's not just you. Remember, I did a whole trauma That's dump. what I'm saying. Like we, That's our thing. There's something about home, the field home field that brings out the trauma very dump. warm and fuzzy. I, I really and don't know. They have the great hoodies, so they make you feel good. I was rocking my home field hoodie yesterday up at uh, hockey time. If you're moving here, you know who you should contact? Maybe maybe you were somehow, some way, a fan from another market who has stumbled into our podcast. And you're like, man, I really like the triangle. What do I do? Go to home town realty myhtr.com buy sell calculate you want to get in the new construction you want to beat the frenzy that is the selling market that's about to hit in 2024 we'll get ahead of curve ahead of the curve ahead of the frenzy go to myhtr.com also big thanks to butchers market new location lake moon shopping plaza locations across the triangle and of course in wilmington uh i've been talking up the prepared meals i know that this week actually today now that i'm back and i gotta do some groceries you know what I'm doing? I'm going to Butcher's Market to get some prepared meals for the week because, man, I got basketball tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday, all whoa, over whoa, the place. Whoa, are you really going to the Carolina-Louisville game? Yeah. You told me Louisville's not that bad, so I'm going to go watch them in person. They're not that bad, so I'm going to go see them. You know, it's interesting. Why do you look at me crazy like I'm going to basketball? If you want to go on tangents here. Yeah, no. We but- can go on tangents here. Um, so why, why are you looking to, at me crazy? To, like I'm going tonight. Yeah. I, I like to see Steve Forbes. I I'll like be to there see tonight. Wake. I want to see Wake in person. Yeah. I want to see my Gonzaga Demon Deacons. By the way, the Zags are bad. They might not I'm make the, the tournament. He, he stole their steez. They did. They, they <laughs> lost. They might not make the tournament. They man. lost to Herb. Right. Do, do you know what happened in Herb's very next game after for oh, the first lost. time they lost. beating they lost. the number one team in his conference? Yeah. Like I mean, it's so it's classic, man. Yeah. It's classic. But hold on, I'm so here. mad at myself for not hold betting on. against Santa Clara. So here's the: you look at me like I got eight heads when I'm now back in basketball mode. But you know how I feel about basketball mode, man. It's reps. I get I get way more out of going to basketball games than I do any other. Well, basketball one, depending on where you sit. Okay, that that matters. That matters. Hockey is two because sitting up on the fifth floor. No, it's good of PNC Arena to watch hockey is on a different level, which is funny. Like when I go and watch Jacob play now, I don't want to be, yeah. you know, like all the parents are like up on the glass and I'm like, no, 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 no. I need to be up high because I get a better sense of what's going on. Cause that's how I'm used to watching the cans from PNC arena. So it's about reps, man. Next topic, please. You were at the Canes game yesterday. I was. Well, you were working, right? No, I was I was went. there to see Justin Williams and I, I was all in my feels with Justin Williams. Dude, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because I I had this realization as I was watching the game yesterday at home because mm-hmm. I had just gotten back and I turned that game on before flipping it over to uh to to playoff football. 
And they were doing all the Justin Williams stuff because he's in the Hall of Fame. That was the induction. The Canes. The Canes Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Yes. You're going to a nine. Okay. Why are you hung up on <laughs> this? Just, Why are you hung up that's, on this? That's because late. you because you fall asleep at 830. Yes. Okay. That's a lot. Again, I find it hilarious. That's I find it lot. hilarious. You're that's the same lot. person like. You, you find a lot of things to be a lot, like saying. simply going to, let me bring up the banner. Where's the banner? Like going to redcircle.com slash obvious dash Jillio slash donations is a lot. Ooh, look at that banner. I told you I made the banner. That's nice. But it's too much, apparently. Just like that's the equivalent of a nine o'clock basketball game in Chapel Hill to you. Against Louisville. Three o'clock hockey game is perfect for well, you. I mean, I was in like you are, in, you are in your shit. Like, yeah. Are you Three o'clock? I, I, Let's I, go. I had the, the uh, podcast ready to go. And I was like, you know, a hop on way to having you. I'm gonna go over there. Watch the first period. Are you kidding me? Don't make me cough, man. I'm already, I'm already struggling today. If Don't I could get everything at three o'clock, I mean, Unbelievable. <laughs> So if this Carolina Louisville game was at three o'clock on Wednesday, you'd be all in. Absolutely. All right. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But no, with the Justin Williams Hall of Fame thing, maybe I had two thoughts with the Justin Fame, uh, Justin Williams Canes Hall of Fame thing. The first one is, holy crap, we are two years away from the 20th anniversary of the 2006 Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. What? (laughs) How did that happen, Joe? In my mind, in my mind, that happened two years ago, not 20. So that's and the and and Justin Williams looks like he can still play. He does. He, he looks like he still he can go out there if he wants to. He looked good yesterday. He did. I'm not gonna lie to you. He did. I, Life um, goals. Well, Justin Williams like in his two handicap and well, we might have yeah. to we might have to skinny, uh, good have, looking. Yeah, I mean, look at him. He looks the same. Yeah, hasn't aged. No, Cam Ward by the way hasn't really aged that much either. Um, but yeah, man, this is from the Canes. They should account. absolutely sell those jackets. By the way, well, I think I don't know why they don't. That's a variation of the Stadium Series jacket. I'm pretty sure. That's, well, that's the. But either thing. way, it's they, a they, it's a great they, freaking jacket. Yeah, I do love that. I so, guess it's kind of like the Masters. You got to earn that jacket. Was it the golf clubs that got you though? No, uh, because I know I was in watching the broadcast last night. They uh, they cut over to Justin Williams reacting to his custom set, and he was like, "Ooh, that got him emotional. That would get you emotional, right?" I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, I bet you he never plays those clubs. Why not? When you're as good at golf as Justin Williams is, oh. or even if you just care, even if you're even if you're like me and I you see. wish you were as good as golf at I golf see. as see. Justin Williams is, you're not letting someone buy you golf clubs, gotcha. even if they're gotcha. custom. Like you are, go, you go and do your own thing. So here's Justin Williams uh, yesterday afternoon. Lastly, to the greatest fans in the hockey world, because of you. Okay, because of you guys and the great fans in the NHL and around the world, because of you, we are able to do this. So, in saying that, let's remind everyone why we're the loudest house in the NHL. Let's go, Canes! So that was that was that was cool to see. They did a great job with the video. Trip Tracy always does a great job emceeing that thing. So that was a lot of that was a lot of fun to see. Um, two thoughts after that. One is related to the game. The other is related to the Hall of Fame going forward. So when they announced the Hall of Fame, people who already had their numbers retired were automatically in. So that is Rod Brindamore, Ron Francis, Glenn Wesley. You got that look on your face. I'm, I'm laughing because Justin Williams came hard in the paint yesterday. He did. And I was not prepared for it. In what sense? 
Well, first of all, he was he was he had a very he had some very sweet moments when he was thinking his his mom and dad were there, mm-hmm. his sister was there, his wife was there, his kids are there. His kids yeah. are like our kids' ages, by the way. Yeah. Um. So he had some very sweet moments, and then he started thanking people, and mm-hmm. I was not prepared for him to thank Ron Francis, who 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 is in a very interesting space in the Canes world right now. Sure. But depending on where you lie in the Rod Brindamore Hall of Fame conversation, mm-hmm. I, I do think there is a there's a, a tension there with Ron Francis and Rod Brindamore. Mm-hmm. So he's thanking Ron Francis. He's thanking Peter Carmanos. I, I, the Carmanos part made a lot of sense to me, and he and he's right. There was Jim Peter Rutherford. Car- Peter Carmanos. There was a lot of thanking like, you know, going on. The Peter Carmanos thing made a lot of sense to me because say say what you want about it, Peter Carmanos, the Canes do not exist without Peter Carmanos. Right. So, Peter, come on us though. We're getting into the warm and fuzzies of, of what it was hey, and man, what it wasn't. Hey, look, you get you get far enough away from it, so, you start to get into the warm and fuzzies. He just felt like he was settling some old scores. Maybe he was like, hey, I'm gonna come like he stopped short of like Chuck Caton and all of the he other people who have like been aggrieved by Tom Dundon. But he was out there like on these streets, man. He didn't thank Bill Peters, did he? No. Okay, then. No. All right. No. Never, for, never forget <laughs> home and captains. away captains. Okay, never forget two captains, and he wasn't one, one of them. Team, two captains, Jeez, one team. The dumbest thing ever. Um, um, amongst all uh, the things that Bill Peters has done, probably far down the list, far down the list, Bill Peters is flaws. But in terms of in, in terms of what Kane's fans will remember, it's like you did what now? Okay, gotcha. Who goes in next? Because the way this works is you had your automatics. That yeah. Cam Ward was the first one voted in by their committee. Yeah, and then I mean Eric Stahl makes the most sense to me. I think you go contributor next because remember it's players and contributors, right? I think I, contributor Rutherford next. or Peter Carmanos. You got to put Rutherford in. I think Rutherford. I think Eric Stahl from that team makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Uh, Arturs Urbe, Archie is a guy who I would like to see put me in the Hall of Fame or trade me. Be is part that of that. At? Yep, that's a deep cut for old school Canes fans. Very out there. deep. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Like if I told you that Jeff Skinner uh, of the players who played for the Carolina hurricanes is, is third in franchise history of those players who, who played in Carolina. Well, I mean, that's that gets well, to second a, really to Eric Stahl. That gets to a deeper conversation about like, if I told you that, would you believe me? Mm, like, would you no. have thought that Jeff no. Skinner was there that long? No, no. Yeah. Well, you make this point all the time with Sebastian Ajo. Every time Ajo climbs up the list, I'm sorry. Skinner's behind Aho. Yeah, okay. yeah. So Eric Stahl, then Aho, then Skinner, then Jeff O'Neill, who I think point, also should be considered. Yeah, Jeff O'Neill should be considered. Oh, Jeff you, O'Neill. You have to say it in Jeff the, the Chuck Caton voice. To your point, though, your, your point about Jeff Skinner still stands because it gets ties into every time Aho moves up the ranking of something. Yeah. You go, yeah, man. It really shows you that there aren't a lot of guys who've stuck around for a very long time. Right. And that's why the team rankings look the way that they look. But to wrap the point on this, I do think it's time for a contributor. How about Chuck Keaton? Jim Rutherford. I think there will be time for Chuck Keaton in the future. Okay. If you, you want to talk about settling old scores, you put, uh, I'm just, you, you put John Forslund in there too. Right. But I do think that Rutherford, for all the jokes we can make about recycling players, the fact that, remember, Justin Williams got here because there was a time where Jim Rutherford only did deals with the Flyers. Flyers. All right. Bobby Clark. Because <laughs> they were boys. So that's how Rod shows up. That's how Justin Williams showed up. All that kind of stuff, right? I do think that Rutherford, given how he had to handle what he was working with because of Peter Carmanos, 
and getting to two Stanley Cups and winning one of them, he's the architect behind that. So I do think that Rutherford should go in next as a contributor. As far as the game is concerned, is there a Gilio curse? You talk to Auntie Ranta and then he gets Ooh. shellacked and then they put Peretz in for his first actual game action ever? Ooh. Yeah. Is that a thing? I had a nice conversation with Ranta. I, I had some warm and fuzzies leaving there the other that was Saturday. Yeah. It's nice. And Corey Laviolette from the Athletic comes up to me. He's like, What what are you writing? Like uh, you know, like a full biography on Ranta? I was like, I was just talking to him. Just man. had a conversation. Nice. <laughs> there's a Corey, dude, there's a difference between what you do and what we do. Come on, nice. We've been doing this long enough that y'all should understand it's a different it's a different beast when we're doing the conversations. But it is funny, you know, we start the podcast with Joe, I want you to tell me that I was right about this Tyreek Hill business and the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to flip it around and go, yeah, you know what? Maybe I was overthinking the Carolina Hurricanes and their woes and everything else. The goalie situation continues to be front and center with this squad. And yeah. they put Perrette's in. And here's Rod Brennamore after the game, uh, kind of handling you know, what happened with Ronta and, and trying to like balance losing this game on Justin Williams' night and Perrette's getting some action. Uh, I mean... Rants is not nothing on rants. Those are it's just you know our situation here. And yeah, I'll give Yanni a, um, some look. He, I don't know if he had too much breakaway to start his NHL career. That that's not good. But um, yeah, that's all. Is there a silver lining? Uh, you know, when kind of poetic one story ends with Justin Williams and Yanni gets his debut and he makes a great yeah. save on that breakaway. Well, that's a nice way to put it. Um, hate that we <laughs> lost that game on Willie's night. Um, yeah, that's that's gonna eat me up for a little while here. But uh, you know, it wasn't a terrible game. It was it was just we just had those couple lapses, and you know, the, that's what it that's what it does in this league. So that was Rod Brindamore after the game. Uh, he was bummed out that they lost last night. We'll see what's up with Ronta going forward, and we still don't know what's going on with Freddie Anderson. I know that uh, Trip Tracy in the broadcast with Mike Maniscalco had mentioned that Freddie Anderson was in attendance. You know, he's watching all the stuff with Justin Williams and and whatnot, but. We still don't really have any idea as to when he could be potentially coming back and what kind of game shape is he going to be in? That's the other thing too. You got to ramp up. Um, and they got some, they got some decisions to make and hopefully Peter Kochekov, who's in the concussion protocol. And that's why uh, Peretz is up in the first place. Uh, he's fine. And that does not, you know how concussions are, mm. man. It's a, it's a truly delicate situation. And you have two situations now with the hurricanes that are delicate blood clotting with Freddie Anderson and concussions with uh, with Peter Kochekov. They have so, a bunch of games at home here. Like they it's do. 11 to 12, you know, when we were sitting there waiting in October and November for them to get those games back from the state fair and some right. of those other long trips. Like, this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Rod's disappointed in the result, but I thought, you know, the last couple of days, like the Pittsburgh first period was unreal. Sure. I mean, that that's as good as they can play. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting here going, all right. You know, <laughs> they're flying, man. They're flying. Then Ronta was really, really good in the second period of that game. And then you realize, I just think there's not a big difference in the NHL. Like there's no, there's no Louisville basketball in the, in the NHL. And I think people comes, struggle with that. To that. Always comes back to Louisville basketball. Funny things about funny thing about seasons is that uh, it's always going to come back to it being warm. It might be cold and miserable and rainy right now, but it's going to be warm and the mosquitoes could be active. So start thinking about mosquito authority and pest authority. Maybe you already have uh, a service. Well, contact pest authority. No contracts. Go to bugsbite.com and you can bundle 
these services going forward and save money. Yeah, a lot of different ways to save, a lot of different ways to protect your home, whether it's uh, pests inside, whether it's mice, whether it's moisture. Uh, it, it's worth you going to bugsbite.com, entering your zip code and seeing how you can protect your home and save money in the process. Thanks to our friends at Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Also, big thanks to Matt Davis over at State Farm. Check them out online, insuregarner.com, voginsurance.com, or call them directly at 919-779-8277. Talking about saving money, that's an easy way to save monthly or semi-annually, however you want to yeah. quarterly, however you want to pay your insurance. Uh, contact State Farm today to start saving money on home and auto. Big shouts to Troy, one of our listeners who had reached out to Matt Davis, State Farm. Give him a call, 919-779-8277. Troy ended up saving more than 40% on his insurance needs. We're moving on. So last time we left you... <laughs> On the previous episode of Ovi's and Julio, <laughs> Nick Saban retired. And then all of a sudden, it was this, because remember, Nick Saban retiring was supposed to set up this incredible like domino effect of things that could happen potentially. I mean, people were heavily breathing about what this could mean. You know, who goes here? And then that big job opens up and blah, 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 blah. But a funny thing happened after Nick Saban retired. And I, I was reminded that in college, Everything is content. Everything is content. And rather than reports coming through the, your usual suspects, Pete Thamel, Brett McMurphy, Chris Lowe, whoever you want to use as your, as your college football insider, the schools were the ones that were letting the world know that mm. their sought-after head coach was not going to Alabama. And they didn't outright say it. But like, for instance, Dan Lanning in Oregon, it was a video that was produced. Now, I don't know about you, Joe. I don't think that the Oregon social media team is like our social media team, which is literally me putting together a quick 90 second reel of just quick edits. They put some production work into that. So they had to have known that Dan Lanning either was never interested in Alabama or turned down Alabama or was going to turn down Alabama. Um, so I thought that was interesting that they put the video out pretty quick. Clemson did something similar where it was like they showed a meeting at Dabo talking about being here for a long time. Like they weren't outright saying it, but they were saying it. And we saw something similar with Steve Sarkeesian in terms of social media. And you saw all the insiders, you know, like Nicole Auerbach and our friends pointing out like, well, I guess this person's out of the running. And of course, Washington's head coach, uh, Kalen DeBoer, is going to Alabama to take over for Nick Saban, which best of luck, my dude. Best of luck. I just thought it was interesting and yet another turn of events and how we process this stuff. You always like to tell me that the media is dead. Yes. And the schools and the, and the teams ultimately run this stuff. Like, have you noticed in pro football in the NFL, they'll tweet out. We completed our interview with this guy. The, Char Belichick. the Chargers Falcons. did it with Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah. Belichick did it with the Falcons. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, in college football, we eventually get to that point. But right now it seems to be, that the coaches either were never going to get offered the job or weren't interested in the job. The only one that came out in a way that was more traditional was Mike Norvell at Florida State, who got the classic contract. Oh, so did Sarkeesian. Yeah, Sarkeesian did too, but yeah. they put out like social media stuff. With Florida State, it was just a simple like report or here's a statement. We've reworked our deal with uh, oh, Mike Norvell. Social media stuff too. I must have missed it then. Yeah. I, I Listen, I think the big winners here are Oregon and Florida State. Okay. Florida State in particular. Oregon, I think if Oregon's still in the Pac-12, Dan Lanning's not their football coach. Fair. 
And then Mike Norvell, you know, Florida State's been telling us all this time that they can't compete in the ACC because they don't have enough money. They found some money in the couch cushions. So for him to turn down Alabama, and I believe he did turn down Alabama. Fair. That's that's huge for Florida State. Now, I don't know where Florida State goes from here. That doesn't mean it's a great win for the ACC. It just means they did not. Their, their fear when this season began was, mm-hmm. hey, because they had lost Jimbo Fisher to Texas A&M. Like, oh, we're going to just, even if we get good and win a national championship, we're just going to lose our coach to the SEC. Well, that didn't happen. And the way I look at Lanning and, and you say good luck to Kalen DeBoer, I would rather be Alabama's coach. I would rather be Alabama's coach than any other school. Okay. I would. They are Alabama football is North Carolina basketball in the sense that this isn't Syracuse basketball. This isn't Duke basketball. Mm -hmm. It's not just one person. This is a program that is going to dedicate every resource to winning the national championship. I'm with you on that. So there was there was just as much pressure on Nick Saban to win national championships when he was hired Mm -hmm. as there was anyone else who's coached football at Alabama. Mm -hmm. But the difference is, while, yes, you have to follow Nick Saban. And maybe if you even if you win two, it pales to his six. Sure. The truth of the matter is you have as you have a better chance of winning the national championship at Alabama than you do at every other school in the country, including Oregon. Agree with you. Oregon's never won the national championship. Mm-hmm. So you could sit here and say, Well, we got Phil Knight's money. Awesome. Yeah. What has that gotten you? Right. It's gotten you respectability, right? Mm-hmm. But it hasn't gotten you what you ultimately want. If that's what you're looking for, I, I I agree with you in that there is no other university in college football that has a want to factor like Alabama. Period. Not just want to. It's the actual resources, the resources, the want to all that stuff. It, it's all points in the direction of Alabama. That's where you want to be. There's no other job. It's a singular job. Unlike any other job. After you get past Alabama, then you can start throwing in other schools that are like Ohio State, Michigan, Texas, LSU, et cetera. I would argue that LSU is another one of those jobs that's yeah. built to win. You've, you've seen the list of guys who have won national championships with LSU. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. So LSU, I think, is in a similar boat based on location and want to factor. Correct. But Alabama, I, I still think, is a tier above uh, LSU in that regard. My concern for any coach is similar to um, Duke and Mike Krzyzewski. I think that I just told you they're not Duke. I, but here's, here's, but here's where I disagree. <laughs> we already have examples, no, no. but here's where I disagree with you on Duke. I think you and I have spent a lot of time talking about how Mike Krzyzewski did not want Duke to become like all these other programs. Yeah. That was just kind of like, that was the guy. It's his program. Good luck. They went through great pains to morph this into something else that is more sustainable with the next guy that's going to be there. So, I think there's been a bit of an inverse of what's happened. Whereas Mike Krzyzewski went through great pains to make Duke evolve. Alabama, I think, is going to take a few years and it's going to be the next guy who gets to benefit, not DeBoer, where that Alabama is Nick Saban. I know that that's not a popular opinion to have right now because of Alabama's history. I get that. But you cannot win at the rate that Nick Saban won and to the point where you surpass Bear Bryant in a lot of people's minds for your success and not have it become your program. It's like the same thing that happened with Mike Krzyzewski when he got there. Like people, people love to tell you, well, you know, Duke had a program before Mike, Mike Krzyzewski. You know, they, they've been good before. Right. But it became his program. Yeah, they never won the national championship. They certainly didn't have a coach who won six national I championships. I get that. I get that. But eventually it became 
his program. And sure. I think with Nick Saban, it became his program over that time. And the expectations raised up along with that. And whoever that next guy was going to be was in a very, very bad spot where not that you weren't going to get the support from the administration and the money and the boosters. The other thing too, that Nick Saban did better than anybody else. And I, I don't envy anybody who comes behind him is that you have to be able to rally the people who are making the decisions to buy in. And that's something that Nick Saban did better than anybody else. Can Kalen DeBoer do the same thing? I don't know. Is there any coach that could do the same thing? I don't know. So I do think there's a little bit of a reset happening, but to your point, do they win? Can they win a national championship with them? Of course they can. Of course they can. Will it be enough? Who just played for the national championship in Washington? Will it be with a bunch of transfers, by the way? Who knows? Who who ultimately knows? Wings Over brings you conversations about college football. Check them out. Wings Over in Raleigh, Chapel Hill, and in Greenville. Order online. Your stuff will be ready for you when it's time to be ready. So you say 630? It's there. We had a couple people hit us up over social media about hitting Wings Over this weekend. And they're like, as you like to say, Costanza. Costanza. Yeah. Our friends over at the Canes after I bought the uh, Ryan's Dutch shuffleboard over there. Yes. For a blood match with Ajo. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll bring that to you in a little. They're like, little oh, yeah. Bit. I went over to Wings Over. I'm like, yeah. Costanza. Wings <laughs> Over. Love that. Absolutely love that. Hanging out with us in studios, Alex Brennan, Wes Carey Wellness. First and foremost, actually, I actually have two two key questions for you, Alex. Um, one, how big did you think this studio was, man? I thought it was going to be massive, to be honest. No way. It's a little 10 by 10 space up here at Eford, man. Yeah, we, don't, clo- we, don't, we don't need a lot of room. My you know? closet's bigger than this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see the uh, I see Wes Carey Wellness is working out just fine for you, if that's the case. <laughs> it is. Good. Yeah. Plus, I'm guessing, and that gets to my second question. How how much of a war zone is Gilio's back? Uh, it's not great. <laughs> it's not the best thing I've ever seen, but it's not the worst either. Really? Yeah. Okay, because this dude's constantly applying. Because we'll have our listeners who watch on YouTube, and they're like, what is Joe constantly putting on his neck? <laughs> and whether or not you should be doing that as often as you do it. Yeah, well, I don't have to do it as often because of Dr. Brennan. There you go. The best part is, my favorite part, is you have the same issues that I have. Yeah, so I you know had how to a, treat me. Uh, I had a fusion in 2018 um, that didn't turn out super great. Yeah, but you know, I'm able to treat it and keep functioning, so life's good. Okay, okay. It's funny you you're bringing in people who are out here to help fix you. Yeah, you know, like we've had Moxie come through. Yes. with your Pilates. Yeah, right. And now we got Alex here talking about your back and things like that. My it's neck like, and your neck. Yes, and everything else. So, what kind of Things are you doing with this guy? So my, at our clinic, we have uh, a number of different modalities, but primarily I'm a chiropractor by trade. We do decompression therapy, which is specifically related to the disc, mm-hmm. as well as uh, we run a fairly big uh, weight loss program at the place. Oh, so nutrition's a big focus in our practice. I'm perking up because I need to, as I get older, man, it's this stuff it's catching up to me, man. Yeah, it's not easy. Like, it's not, it's uh, not easy to lose weight because, oh, you know, I stopped drinking beer for a week. No big deal. Like, nah, you're not 25 anymore. anymore. No, no. <laughs> Those days no. are long in the rear view. Yeah. So, all right. So, say I want to lose 10 to 15 pounds. Cut out the sugar. It's the easiest thing to do. Okay. Processed food. Oh, but I love processed food. I can't, part- go, I can't go to Trader Joe's without buying a bunch of processed food, you know? Yeah, you're supposed to go to Trader Joe's and buy healthy stuff. <sighs> Joe, that's what it's... Trader Joe's, right? <laughs> yeah, man. But 
some of that, some of those chips, the snacks. How would how would Joe do on the decompression yeah. machine? <laughs> He'd do great. Yeah. I mean, it's it's people have this preconceived notion that it's this big thing, but it's not. It's a literally a gentle pulling that helps pull the disc material back in. Okay. So for people that have been suffering with back pain and neck pain for years and years and years, and they're told surgery is their only way out, it's not. There's other stuff you can do. Your surgeon just doesn't tell you that. Gotcha. Gotcha. You would like to get the uh, microphone, little ASMR stuff on the the cracking. Hey, man, there's a really adjusting. There's a really easy way to make money on Spotify with just ASMR podcast accounts. People just put them on in the background. So maybe there's something to it. Listen to my back getting cracked. You, you do have to listen to me talk to Dr. Brennan, though, about that he's not really from New York, that he's from Long Island. He didn't talk to me for like a month after I said that. To him. Ooh. <laughs> well, you're also not really from New York. I'm not. I don't yeah, claim to be. You're, I'm, you're, I'm from Jersey. You're Jersey. <laughs> you know, you're just Jersey. There's why whole, is it? The whole other thing about that, but we'll leave that. Well, hold up a second. Are you saying Billy Joel's not really New York? Not really. Dude. He's from the island. Dude. Uh, See? So you basically, <laughs> you're saying you want to get your face smashed in. Well, no, he, he has a very peculiar set of fan, teams that he's a fan of. I don't understand. Oh, what is it? I'm a Ranger Giant Nick fan. Mets. Yeah. See, My dad's from Brooklyn. Not you can't root for the Yankees if you're from Brooklyn. <sighs> okay. So it's the Rangers that really gets me because he is a hockey fan. He grew up in the era when the Islanders were winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So I had two teams to choose, right? Rangers Islanders. Sure. The Islander announcers were more annoying. Okay, I was I get seven that. years old. All right, okay. So that, I chose the Rangers. That makes sense. John and Davidson. suffered for a really long time. Yeah. That's interesting you bring that up because, you know, like we know somebody who is a Giants and Mets fan, right? And I was always fascinated, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. The whole allegiance is that you're either a Giants-Yankees fan or a Mets-Jets fan. That's yeah. how the families go. But apparently his family did not care about football. They were a Mets household. Did not care about football, so he picked the team that actually was better at the time, which was the Giants. Yeah, and my dad was a Giant fan mm-hmm. a, and a Brooklyn Dodger fan. Oh, okay, yeah. So if you're a Brooklyn Dodger fan, you then can't root for the Yankees. That makes sense. That's how we became Met fans. That makes sense. You don't have to be a Met fan. You know that, right? I understand that, but <laughs> okay, he needs some misery in his life, okay? Because he doesn't really have a local. I mean, I mean if allegiance. you want, if you want misery, just pick NC State. No thanks. They're See, mad all the time. He doesn't have one of them. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a Canes fan. Kane, yeah, but they're not yeah, but miserable. The Kings are rolling right now. They're, they're, they're good. good. They're good. Our Kings are rolling right now. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But you were there in '94. I was. But you weren't at the uh, the strip club with Messier. No, didn't get that invite. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> the reason that the Stanley Cup now has like a guardian <laughs> yeah. when the Rangers won the cup in '94. Yeah, they they did some unspeakable things to uh, to the Stanley Cup. They are hockey players. Remember that. So if somebody wanted to contact you and uh, West Carry Wellness, how do they go about that? It's westcarrywellness.com. Okay. It's the easiest way to go. Go on the website. There's forms you can fill out. Okay. Obviously, say you heard about us here. That would be helpful. It would be amazing. That would be helpful. Phone number, 919-670-2502. Easy enough. 919-670-2502. West Carry Wellness. Dot com. Maybe you're like me. Maybe your neck screwed up. Maybe you're like Dr. Brennan. Your neck screwed up. Who would you want working on your neck other than a person whose neck is also screwed up? Yeah, I've heard that the other way around. But apparently running into people playing sports didn't work out super good. Okay. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Wait, that you mean that has lost long, long lasting effects? Yeah. 
Yeah, that, huh. apparently. But I mean, at least now they call them concussions. You're not getting your bell rung. Bell rung. You bell know, rung, yeah, you go the, right back in. Stinger. Yeah. A stinger. Yeah. <laughs> that was always a favorite, a stinger. Yeah, yeah that wow, was I get good. this electric bolt going down my arm. But, <laughs> but, I bet, but I bet you never played football so cold that a piece of your helmet's going to go flying off because everything's frozen. Uh, I played in Ottawa in December. Yeah. So, yeah, it was half the field was frozen. <sighs> I would say, yes, I have. Um, no, my helmet. What were you doing in good. Ottawa in December? Oh, that was a bad decision. The ground's like concrete at that point, right? For what though? Uh, just after college was over, just uh, like semi-pro. Yeah, semi-pro team. Okay, just to keep myself out of trouble, in trouble. However you want to look at in that. In Canada, where people literally go across the border, yeah. to go get in trouble. You know, I, I thought it didn't make much sense when we walked out there, and the Rough Rider <laughs> Stadium was half covered in oh, ice. Oh boy, jeez! Like this is not going to be good. Yeah, this is why. Yeah, this is this is why. If we ever go to Detroit, I'm worried because Joe's like, "All right, I'm out. See you in Windsor." Yeah, you know. So now, well, Detroit's got legalized gambling. Now, it's, so. it, you know how like everything is legal in New Jersey. Yeah. The, the way people talk about Windsor, it's even better. So just something to keep in mind. Just something yeah. to keep in mind. I try to avoid the North part of the country at this time of year. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's it's not can. good for your golf. Game. No, it's not new. No. All right, Alex, appreciate you hanging out, man. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. All right, we got time for one Hey Joe question. Just one? Because it ties into a larger thing uh, that came from YouTube. Uh, And our Hey Joe segment brought to you by Oakwood Pizza Box. Check them out in Raleigh, oakwoodpizzabox.com. You can order online, but better, just go. It's a great spot, great staff. You'll see Anthony doing his thing. Um, And I suggest, I know you all can have your fancy craft beer, but nothing quite hits like a pitcher of Narragansett. And Oakwood Pizza Box. Just putting that out there. So this was from yesterday's show. And it actually kind of ties into our conversation with Steve Forbes and tonight's game between NC State and Wake Forest. This is from Wolfpacker. It isn't that some of us state fans are unhappy that we're four and one. If we all looked at the schedule at the beginning of at the beginning, most of us would have predicted that we would be four and one right now. The problem is, or the problem I have is how we are playing. It's the same crap-looking b-ball that we've had for the last six years. At least this year, they're on the ball defensively. And I love when Lauren is on, but don't be a Kevin Keats homer. You say he has so much basketball knowledge, I'd love to see any of it exhibited in a game. And he goes on to talk about how Keats should have been gone two to three years ago, writing's been on the wall, and it's the same excuses for the last three years. You could see what you had then, and it hasn't changed. Same garbage scheduling. So we aren't ready for ACC or tournament play. We actually got worse for his first five seasons in a row. Who does that or who does that and doesn't, who does that and doesn't get fired? Heck, Les Robinson had a better overall record against UNC and Duke because at least he ran an offense. And that's the thing that, and of course there's a Boo Corrigan shot in there who, by the way, did not get the Ohio State job. That actually went to Ross Bjork. Here's the thing that, Maybe we can spend some more time talking about, depending on how tonight's game goes and how the rest of the week goes. There is this... Isn't that just proof of what we've been talking about? That if your mind is made up on Kevin Keats... It's made up. Yeah, you're not watching the Notre Dame game and what they did in the Notre Dame game. You're not watching the Louisville game and what they did in the Louisville game. You're not watching. You're saying, you're declaring, this is what I think. Also, Mm -hmm. Les Robinson actually never beat Duke. Not even once. 
just so you know. There's a fixation on the offense that's being run. Or if he did, it was uh, the Pete Gaudet. Yeah, it might have been that one. There's this fixation on offense that I've noticed. Just a complete fixation on offense. Um, and Kevin Keats. And whether something is run or not, it's iso ball, it's this, it's that, it's it's whatever. Yeah. I do think, again, I'm with you. There have been... there. This roster has afforded Kevin Keats to throw different lineups at it at different times. And sometimes it's paid off. I think there's depth too, which is something that was a knock on Kevin Keats. Oh, well, if these two guys aren't on, well then forget it. All right. Well, now we've seen Danny Bates gets hurt in the first minute. Season's over. Season's over. (laughs) So, you know, the, the goalposts continue to move for Kevin Keats. So here, one of the knocks on Kevin Keats was roster management. Mm -hmm. Guys would even show up or guy get none. Guy gets hurt or whatever it is. All right. Well, now they've got this deep team. I mean, how many times have we talked about how DJ Burns has been taken out of lineup at times to give a different look defensively and keep them in games. Do they win that Louisville game without the roster that they have right now in terms of depth? No, Michael Connell starts and he brings DJ Horn off the bench. Right. You mentioned the Notre Dame game again, these both games on the road and we understand how difficult it is to win on the road. Regardless, same with the Notre Dame game. There was, there was roster manipulation. I'm trading out defense for offense in certain situations. Keep myself in the game. Depth rolls. All right, now it's time to get DJ in. They win that game against, against Notre Dame. If this is about the way the UNC game worked out, I do think that there's a separate conversation about where UNC is that we can spend some more time on later in the week. I want to see how things go against Louisville on Saturday, on, on Wednesday. But Carolina separated itself yeah. from the rest of the ACC at this point. They're pretty good. Duke is, I don't, Duke has not separated itself. Mm-hmm. And they've have a, they have a list of issues that they have to work through. Injuries, where's Tyrese Proctor's game right now? You know, <laughs> Mark Mitchell comes up and then he's doesn't play because he's hurt. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff going on with Duke that just doesn't seem right. Carolina though, does seem right right now. What are you going to do? And I think there's well, a, you can't shoot two of 20 and he can't shoot the ball for them. There's a deeper existential thing that happens with, with, with state. I've seen this pop up and we can, we can talk about this as the season goes on and, and we can see how things shake out. It was the classic case of whoever gets that job has to be put in position so that when Mike Krzyzewski and Roy Williams retire, right. this is your chance to take right. over. And you're seeing Carolina bounce back. You're seeing Duke kind of roll along and state is just state. And that bugs state fans. And I think that gets back to tie it back to your Alabama conversation. There's a want to that happens there and state fans might want it, but sometimes you have to look at your resources and say, well, do you want it too? And we've seen it with football. By the way, we see it with football. So I do wonder sometimes when it comes to state and basketball, it's like, what's what's the level of want to and get behind it? So that's all. And we can we can spend some more time talking about that as the week goes on. I want to see what happens tonight against Wake Forest. They could be Wake Forest tonight. Everything's right in the world. They lose tonight. <laughs> I know what we're talking about tomorrow. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. We will see you Wednesday. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.